Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, cause we're the Miami Dolphins. Hello everybody and welcome back. My name is Joey and this is episode 15 of the Duffy's Fantasy Football Podcast. We've gotten so far, but we have so much more to do. I know it's a little late in the week. Been a little busy hopping on COD with the boys, you know, Modern Warfare 2 came out. I'll always be a Call of Duty boy at heart. But... There's still stuff to talk about. I'm not going to do a full recap episode as it is Thursday, and I feel like it would be disrespectful to expect anybody to sit here and listen through stunners and bummers and all the matchup recaps when literally the new week starts tonight. But I will talk about the Miami Dolphins versus the Lions, though. You know I never skip out on a Dolphin game. Dolphins went down 14-0 early in that first quarter, thanks to us throwing it to anybody except Hill or Waddle. All of a sudden, boy, get called up, don't know how to hold on to the ball, fumbles right away. We go down 14 zip. But it was never in doubt to me. The defense played terrible in the first half. They let up 27 points to the Lions in the first half, dude. You know how much they had in the second half? They had zero. So it doesn't matter. Tua, 386 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, only six incompletions, or seven, whatever. What a stud. Defense was unlocked in the second half. And don't worry about the defense now, baby boy. Bradley Chubb, welcome to Miami. That's how you know it's a new day. We never get these trades in the middle of the season. We never sell high like that. He's like, oh, here's a first, here's a first round pick, man. Here's Chase Edmonds. I'll take Bradley Chubb. And we signed him for that contract extension. He will be in Miami until 2027, hypothetically. Basically, he got a six-year deal. I think it's for like $119 million. And um, the real beautiful thing about that is that only half of the contract is guaranteed. So it kind of helps us out. And, you know, later on, if we are like short on salary cap, we can adjust it and turn things into signing bonuses and we won't be as much to pay off. That will be guaranteed. And then obviously, if he just, if he gets better and plays well in our system, then, you know, he'll probably get a raise anyways. Very exciting. And then we went ahead and picked up Jeff Wilson from the Niners, reuniting him with Mike McDaniels. Monster and Jeff Wilson together again, baby. I mean, it's exciting, dude. This week, we got the Bears. Duh, Bears. I ain't worried about those boys. They worried about us. I was worried about Justin Fields running all over the place. I was like, man, how can we contain? We haven't been playing well on that front line. Like, we haven't been containing the quarterback. Especially, I mean, you guys saw what Lamar Jackson did to us. I ain't saying Justin Fields, Lamar Jackson, but that boy fast. And then all of a sudden, boom, Bradley Chubb. So now it's Bradley Chubb, Jalen Phillips, Melvin Ingram, Emmanuel Ogba playing off the edge. Christian Wilkins, Raekwon Davis in the middle. Still have a Landon Roberts, still have Jerome Baker, still have Duke Riley. Defense is south. We just need Byron Jones back. We did lose Brandon Jones for the year. We did lose Nick Needham for the year. 
So it's really Xavier Howard and a bunch of rookies out there right now in the backfield. But we got Byron Jones back. Obviously, Javon Holland's still playing well. I mean, he had 12 tackles against the Lions as a safety. That's a lot. It's also because we couldn't stop them from throwing the ball. But like I said, zero in the second half. So good job, defense. It doesn't matter. I mean, it's going to be a great. This is basically the second half of the season. We're five and three. Five and three. At this point last year, we were one and seven. Like, it's just crazy to think about how much we've changed in one season. Really adding, and it's funny, so the, you look at it, Chris Greer, right? When we um, when we got these picks that we traded away or used, right? When the 49ers wanted Trey Lance, they wanted our pick, so we traded back. The pick that we traded back for ended up turning into Jalen Waddle. Uh, and another first-round pick that we had from them ended up turning into Tyreek Hill. And now the last third round, the last first-round pick, right, because we lost our first-round pick next season due to the Stephen Ross investigation, whatever. But we still had a first-round pick next year, and it was from the 49ers. And that is the pick that we just turned into Bradley Chubb. So Bradley Chubb, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, all courtesy of the San Francisco 49ers. Thank you so much, John Lynch. You have done an amazing job. You have helped Chris Greer look like a genius, and I will take it. Tyreek Hill already at 69 catches, man. 69 catches, 961 yards, almost 1,000 yards in eight games. That's pretty crazy. Only two touchdowns. But, you know, I mean, Mike Kosicki has four. Jalen Waddle has four. Chase Edmonds has a couple. We know uh, River Craycraft had a couple. I'm not really worried about this offense, man. The only thing I was really worried about the defense, and we kind of shirted it up. A lot of people wanted us to make offensive line moves. I feel like the offensive line hasn't played that bad. Like, they could play better, but we've already seen, um, what was it, against the Steelers, they let up no sacks. I know they didn't have TJ Watt, but they still let up no sacks. Last week, Tua might have got hit a couple times, but, you know, overall, I feel like they've stepped it up from last year, and we're still waiting for one more guy to come off IR. You know, it's just about staying healthy at this point. I mean, I don't, I don't know what offensive linemen were out there and available for us to even really take, if they were worth the payment, you know, but taking Bradley Chubb, a premier edge rusher, I mean, it's pretty much the most, and to match him up now with Jalen Phillips, like those are two fundamental defensive pieces. Melvin Ingram is like a rental, right? It's nice to have him. He's been playing pretty decent, but he's still like up there in age. He's been bouncing team to team ever since he left the Chargers. So it's not someone that you're looking to have for years and years. Emmanuel Ogba, he could, he's not that old, so we might be able to keep him around longer. I mean, it's just exciting, man. Yeah, Landon Roberts is up there. Jerome Baker, we'll see if he continues to play with the Dolphins. I feel like he's never really reached that next level that they wanted him to get to. Like, he's fast. He gets a lot of tackles. His coverage game isn't the best. And his run defense isn't the best. But, I mean, he's still, I think he's still a really good player. He just, I feel like the Dolphins kind of expected him to take that next leap into being like a top-tier linebacker, which he hasn't really gotten to. Well, now that I'm done talking about the Dolphins, 
and I need to kind of rush this up because I got the boys waiting for me on COD. I do have a special message from Sean. I'm going to read you guys this text message because I said, hey, guys, I'm going to do this podcast first before I hop back on because then I'll never do it. Is there anything you want me to say? And Sean says, can we talk about how Jonathan Taylor has done nothing for me, but my indecisive brain does not let me start him? Or doesn't let him not start him? Well, here's the news for you. I have received uh, news today from a very um, reputable source named Luigi that Jonathan Taylor may be out (laughs) for the rest of the season. That may be coming down the line, so that's very unfortunate for you. Kyle wanted me to say that Sean's going to beat him because he's trying to be humble because he's 8-0. I don't know why he's trying to talk like that now. But, I mean, yeah, that's pretty much it. Now, from last week, two matchups I'll talk about. I have to give Luigi his shout-out, especially since he was the one who texted me today asking me where the podcast was. Luigi beat Sean last week. 194.84 to 144.7. Luigi's leading scorers were DeAndre Hopkins, 33.9, 12 catches, 159 yards, and a touchdown. And that is 12 catches off 13 targets. (laughs) Just so you know, it's pretty crazy. Derrick Henry, who was the Titans last week, like he was the Titans. Malik Willis, I think, had maybe 10 or 11 pass attempts in the whole game, and they won. Derrick Henry had, it was like 20 or 30 rush attempts, 219 yards, two touchdowns, had 35.8 fantasy. And then obviously Dante Foreman going off last week, over 100 yards rushing, three touchdowns, yada, yada. You get the point. Luigi's back up there. He's sixth place, four and four. Good for you, buddy. Guess the trades really did work out. Got to give credit where credit is due. So far, his trades have worked out and definitely have helped him get back into contention. For Sean on the other side, only one notable player to really speak of is A.J. Brown. Obviously, he had himself an amazing weekend. 39.6 fantasy points, had six catches, 156 yards, three touchdowns. Like, that's Randy Moss numbers. Amazing. And then I'll also talk about Kyle versus Frank last week. Kyle won 175.18 to 164.12. That is probably the mo- the highest scoring matchup so far this season. The notable players from that matchup are both on Kyle's team where Christian McCaffrey threw, rushed, and received a touchdown. <laughs> so, like, this guy is basically just God. Had 40.26 fantasy points. And then Tony Pollard, of course, him going off without Zeke being there, turned 14 rushes into, like, 100. 30-plus yards and two or three touchdowns, 33.7 fantasy points. The match of the week this week, since I'm actually, I guess, at an opportune time, a preview next weekend's matchups, we have Kyle versus Sean. They are projected to be within 10 points of one another. Kyle is 8-0, Sean is 5-3. and this is kind of Sean's opportunity to prove that he's up there with the big boys of this year. And the dog match of the week will be Virgil versus Angel. Virgil coming off another 70-point performance after somewhat turning it around at some point a couple weeks ago. And then Angel, even though he is 0-8, has had high-scoring games. You know? And it's really, like, if you really look at his, um, his matchups throughout the weeks, 
there's been games that he's lost where he's had 140, 130, 120, and obviously he's had games that where he's lost and he's only had 80 or 90. So it's kind of just hit or miss. But hey, that's how fantasy football works. Now I want to do a mid-season check. Just kind of look at how everybody's doing, where everyone's at. Kind of interesting that Kyle is still undefeated, but we already know he is. So you start off there. Kyle, 8-0. Calvin still doing well, 6-2. Frankie, 5-3, Sean, 5-3. Then you have Jordan, Luigi, Carlos, and Joe, all 4-4. Four four. All the way down to 8th place being Joe. 9th and 10th are 3-5 being Virgil and then me. And then Corey on a two-game winning streak, now 2-6. And, and then Angel still down at the bottom at 0-8. After Calvin being the highest-scoring team in the league for the first 5-6 weeks, Kyle has taken over that mantle as well, beating out Calvin by 30 points for the season. I mean, yeah, I mean, a lot of high-scoring teams. I'm still down at like 956. Wow, I'm like, that's the second lowest-scoring team. Um, Luigi, after having, obviously, two big-ass weeks, now he's at 1,042, so good for him. I mean, we'll see how the rest of the season plays out. Last week, I did squeak out a win against Jordan, which I really needed. I played Carlos this week, and... It's fair to say that we both really need to win this game as, what is this, week nine? We only have six regular season games left. Not a lot of room for error. Man, you wait all year for football to come back, and it feels like it goes by so fast. But before I wrap up the episode, I have kind of a segment that I kind of wanted to throw in there, and I'm going to call it Joey's Weekly Bartender Pet Peeves. This week's Bartender Pet Peeve will be our guests pretending like they care about our problems. Now, let me paint a picture for you. You come into work. Let's say you just came off of a closing shift, 1 a.m., you get home, blah, blah. Come open the next day. At 11.05, somebody decides, man, I just opened my eyes. The first thing I want to do is go have a Long Island at Duffy's, right? They come sit at the bar, and they see your sleepy face or hungover face or aggravated face, whatever face we might have on us at that time. And they sit there and, oh man, what's wrong? Are you okay? Did you get enough sleep? What did you do? They don't care. You don't care. You, you just, you, 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 you're almost like pseudo complaining at that point. And for those of you who don't realize it, understand that that's what they're doing. Because when you walk away, they're going to look at the person that, who, uh, that they're with and be like, man, can you believe the face they got on them? Man, like, they're in hospitality. Shouldn't they be a little nicer? Man, like, and if anything, they're pretending to care possibly just so they can feel like they befriended you and get a fucking free drink. They don't care. Dude, I'll, I'll be sitting. I could be sitting down. Right. And I, this did happen to me once. And I'm not going to say when or who, because I don't want to give it away just in case, because everybody snitches. But one day I was sitting down, right, by myself. There's nobody at the bar. My bar is completely set up. I'm trying to have breakfast. A guest comes up to the bar, says, what's up, buddy? Sits down. I go. I get him the drink. I get him a menu. And I'm like, I'm eating. They're like, no, yeah, don't worry. Just keep eating. I'm just chilling, waiting for blah, blah. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm eating. And this person continues to, like, berate me with questions. Just question after question. Asking me about whatever game is coming on. Asking me about the weather later on. Asking me anything they could think of. 
And then at some point says, do you have mosquito spray? So when I go and get them the mosquito spray, they say, oh, you, well, you didn't have to get up. Then why the hell did you ask me? Leave me alone. Crazy. But we got to remember at the end of the day, it is our job to serve these guests. So I'm not saying that I shouldn't be serving guests. But the point is that as much as they pretend to care about your problems and our problems and what's going on in our life and in our job, they're still our guests and they're still going to expect to be served. So as much as you may think they care, they don't care. Because you could be going through the worst of the worst. And if you're in that building, they still want your service. They should get, but I'm just saying. I would rather someone look at me and say, should you be eating? Than to act like they're okay with me eating and then berate me with questions and then like not leave me alone at all while I'm eating. You know what I'm saying? But anyways, that's going to wrap it up for episode 15 of the Duffy's Fantasy Football Podcast. Thank you so much for listening so far. I'm at over 10 hours of recorded audio. Pretty crazy. Four episodes away after this. So episode number 20. That is my deadline for myself to release my other podcast. So we could basically say that by my birthday, hopefully, I would have my first episode of the Miami Sports Bar. Thank you guys. And as always, with a Dolphins win and another Dolphins win to come, we go off on the Dolphins chant song. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, cause we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami